typical teenager. State-of-the-art weapon. Generator Rex. Fridays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Pacific. Cartoon Network. Generator-Rex.com. Trademark and copyright 2010 Cartoon Network. Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I'm Jeff. And I am Rick. Things are going great, and they're only getting better. I'm doing all right, getting good grades. The random's so bright. I banter in shades. I banter in shades. Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me. Tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. I can't do it right now because I wear my sunglasses at night. <laughs> oh, wait, wrong one, wrong one, wrong one. The, the future's so bright, I gotta wear shades. Yeah, I knew that, I knew that. Mm-hmm. By the sequel to Timbuk 2, Timbuk 3. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I pick such a thing? Well, because we finally have the introduction of the Future Foundation. That's right, we are on the two, the Fantastic Four, specifically the Jonathan Hickman run of Fantastic Four, and this is the introduction of... The Future Foundation. Yes, it is. You got it in one. Yeah, of course I know what's going on. I mm-hmm. read the comics. You just kind of fumble about and figure out what's going on at the last minute. That's what you do. Yeah, pretty much. So here's what I've picked up so far. Fantastic for hmm, Interesting. Future Foundation. I'll probably learn as I go along the script. <laughs> sad. Sad. It, this is what I have to deal with, folks. And it's not enjoyable. It really is not that enjoyable. I'm just kidding. It's quite enjoyable. It's quite enjoyable. I'm a delight. Yeah, you're a something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I spent last night recording with one Mr. Ryan Daly, and we were talking about Cheers. That's right, another episode of Cheers cast that I'm on. And we're kind of figuring out last night, and that should come out right before this issue releases. So if you want to hear me talk about Cheers, that wonderful, wonderful show from the 80s, Go on over and check out Ryan Daly's Cheers cast. It's a hoot and a holler, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you get to be on that every odd once in a while, which is really quite cool. Well, I give him money, so, you know. Oh, well, that makes sense. The way the world goes around, people do stuff for money. Also, I think he does enjoy having me on the show. I usually come in, really analyze the show a lot, and I always do exactly what we do here. I come in with a thematically appropriate beer, and it actually makes more sense for that show than it does for this one. How? I mean, we do adolescent adventures of, like, pre-teenagers. Of course there's going to be drinking involved. Exactly. exactly. Cheers. They're at a bar <laughs> in Boston. What does that have to do with beer at all? Well, and this time, instead of drinking out of mug, I drank out of a coffee cup because it fit in with the show. It Perfect. did say Cheers Boston on the coffee cup, so, you know. There you go. There you go. That I'm, works. I'm not a heathen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> My opinion is, if it's a vessel that can contain something, you do what you want with it. You want to drink out of a bowl? Go for it. It held the cold really, really well. So, I mean, you know, I thought it was quite appropriate myself. 
Nice. Uh, the other thing I've got going on, and this is going to be, by the time this comes out, it's going to already have happened by a lot. But this weekend, from when I am recording now, I will be at the Rose City Comic Con. That is a place where Jeff is not going to be because Jeff <sighs> hates people. Not just people. Also things. Yeah. Yeah. And the concept of time. <laughs> now, this should be fun. I'm going to be there probably all three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I know on Friday night, I have been invited to come and help out at the Drink and Draw event. And that's mm-hmm. going to be kind of held by our local rep for the Heroes Initiative. And he's asked me to come along and help out. So I'm looking forward to it. I think that'll be a lot of fun. That's really cool because you're really good at half of those things. I know. I know. The uh, drinking part. And no, I'm also good at helping. I'm also good at helping. My drawing skills, they could improve a lot. A lot. You're good at drawing yourself to draft beer. I'm good at drawing myself into a corner. Ah, there you go. I thought your wife was trying to do that with paint. She did that with paint, too. That's another yes. thing she did, yeah. So, uh, how about you? Did you Have you done anything, you know, comic book related or pop culture related or anything like that? Well, are you familiar with a character named Tony Masters? No. You might also know him by his villain name, Taskmaster. Oh, yes. So, because <laughs> I'm always way ahead of the curve, I've started watching Taskmaster on YouTube and uh, have found that to be an utter delight. I think I told you about that a long time ago. As I said, so ahead of the curve. I mean, you're just, if you're not where I'm at, your street's behind, to quote uh, Pierce. <laughs> you, uh, uh, no, you're, you were talking about, not Tony Masters, but you're talking about Greg Davies. <laughs> yes, a different Taskmaster. But yeah, so I started watching those. Are you watching the U- U.S. ones or something, or what? No, I'm watching the stuff on YouTube, so it's the uh, Br- the Brits okay, doing okay, their thing. Good, good. What I've seen has been highly enjoyable. So I decided to play my own version of that game last night. Nice. So at four in the morning, I was set with a task, which was my cat's love language, which is standing on me to throw up. Nice. So nice. yeah, 4 a.m. You know what? Laundry chores while I, well, where I woke up, wake up to this. And I'm like, what? I'm like, ah! So I don't know if I passed or failed my Taskmaster challenge at 4.04 a.m. this morning, but I did do laundry. I'm going to say that you failed at it because... I was having trouble sleeping last night, and Same. I actually came downstairs and was sleeping on one of the couches down here, and I kind of woke up, fell asleep, woke up, fell asleep, and the cats came down here, and I heard one of them do the same thing. But where you got up and tried to solve the problem, I said, no, I'm having trouble sleeping, so that can all wait till the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I oftentimes will get up when the problem is occurring to just make sure that I don't step in it later. I don't want it to be, uh, I don't want it to be a now problem and a later problem for me. I don't want one mess to become two or more. So, and also it was on me in the bed. So I had to deal with that. <laughs> it's warm. Just roll with it. <laughs> mm, gross. It's kind of funny you're mentioning Taskmaster because the 13th season just came out and I started watching that. So last night I was watching the most recent episodes of that. The 13th season is very good. They've got Mm -hmm. some real good comedians on that one. I'm kind of bouncing around on it right now just for what I'm seeing. I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. I'll pop onto that. Oh, that's cool. I'll pop onto that. And I'm like, I should probably start at one and work my way to (laughs) infinity. I'm enjoying what I've been seeing. Yes, it is fun. I recommend that to everybody. Okay, enough of our malarkey. Let us move on and let us start talking about a comic book. Jeff, can you tell us in two sentences what happened last episode? In Fantastic Four number 574, it was Franklin's birthday, and he had guests that included Artie, Leech, Willie Lumpkin... Spider-Man, Dragon-Man, a clone of the wizard, and the oldest and the two youngest members of Power Pack, 
and much fun was had by all. Later that night, a time-traveling older Franklin reactivates young Franklin's small G god powers and gives a cryptic message to Valeria about how the future must be stopped by way of... Doom! Now that the... What day was that day? It was Franklin's birthday. What a day for a birthday. I guess he's now five. Two-sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? I'm sorry. I fell asleep for a second. Uh, I think you want the beer now. Is that right? <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and look at the beer that I have provided for this issue? I'm excited. What could it be? It is phase one. India Pale Ale. Hmm. From Side Brewing. And it has an astronaut with a steaming cup of joe in space looking at some planets. Looking off into the far future. Looking into the distance. Looking to build a foundation that they could he could build something off of. That's phase one. Hmm. I don't know what it would have to do with future foundation. And they're <laughs> gazing into the future and trying to build a foundation for the future. <sighs> Maybe Rick will explain. I just thought that this would be appropriate for what we were talking about. We have Reed, who is starting to lay down his own new team of thinkers and brilliant folks. This is the first phase of a long-term project that he has. And the concept of Future Foundation and this group of kids that he's getting together is going to be around for quite a while. And this is also still at the beginning of a lot of stuff that Mr. Jonathan Hickman is putting together for the Fantastic Four. So I thought it was kind of appropriate. That's a sweet-smelling IPA. It has a very light, summery notes to it. The nose on it is very summery and very floral. It's a little bit of light citrus, but very, very floral notes to it on the nose, which is nice. It's a kind of semi-hazy, bubbly IPA color, so just that nice amber. Phase 1 from Side A Brewing, 6.5% ABV, 70 IBU. It's an experimental IPA with hops, centennial, Cascase, Michigan Copper. Phase one forever. Yeah. You know what? It's an mm -hmm. IPA. You better believe it. That's exactly what it is. It's an IPA. Yep. I've had much more robust IPA flavors, much more of that rusty nail kind of thing, that gin, juniper, pine notes. This yeah. is really mild. This is very just, hey, man, you've had a big day. Why don't you just sit down and we'll just, why don't we just sit for a while? See what happens. It doesn't hit you over the head with the hops. It is pleasant. It's it's not a lot of floof or flather, whatever that no. means. It just is exactly what it wants to be. It's a nice, pleasant beer. It's an IPA. But if you want yeah. just a nice, pleasant IPA, I mean, you could definitely do worse. It is a good, warm day, sit down, and just let the afternoon go by a beverage, is yeah. what it's really seeming like to me. Yeah. Which is not... Not bad. Sometimes I don't want challenges. Sometimes I just want to kind of have like a, eh, take it easy, sit down, we're here together, don't even need to talk. And that's this kind of beer. Okay. I, I, mm -hmm. I will I will accept that from you. Just a nice beer. Just a great beer. I've got nothing else to say. Do you have anything else to say on the beer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to drink it. Okay. That's what I got to say about it. It'll be pleasant and I'm going to drink it and then we'll talk about it in an hour. I think that is a plan. I think and in order to get to that end of the hour, I think we need to go through the opening credits. That's how we do this show. I mean, we've done this for 118 plus episodes. You think we got it nailed in here and stuff. So is it my turn? Yeah. Nailed in, folks. Nailed right in. <laughs> Fantastic Four, Volume 1, Issue number 579, July 2010. 
The Future Foundation. Credits. Writer, Jonathan Hickman. Penciler, Neil Edwards. Anchor, Andrew Curry. Colorist, Paul Mounts. Letterer in production, VCs Russ Wooten. Associate Editor, Lauren Sankovich. Editor, Tom Briovort. Editor-in-Chief, Joe Casada. Featuring The Fantastic Four. Mr. Fantastic, The Invisible Woman, The Human Torch, and The Thing. And guest starring and introducing The Future Foundation, Alex Power, Valeria Richards, 32, Artie Maddox, Dragon Man, Tong, Turg, Core, Mick, Vil, Wu, and Franklin Richards. Eric, do you know what my fondest wish is? Well, Jeff... To be constantly followed by a small parade of food cart vendors that will feed you a variety of delectables at the moment you have a craving? Huh. Time to reorganize my fondest wish list. Okay, do you know what my second fondest wish is? No. It is to be intelligent enough, arrogant enough, and powerful enough to walk into a room of the world's smartest people and let them know exactly where they can shove their pretension and their egos. Wow, that's a um lofty goal. Hey, I mean it. I want to be in that position where I can go beyond questioning the collective intelligence of some of the elite thinkers and tell them they are worthless. Well, why don't you? I mean, you've got a podcast, so that makes you an audio god amongst mortal men. Use that power to give it to the intellectual elite. <sighs> What's the point? I mean, I'm no Reed Richards in the 2010 Singularity Conference telling all of the speakers that they are old and irrelevant. After that bar set, what's even the point of picking up the pole vault stick? Don't be so hard on yourself. You still are a white male full of unearned privilege. You got that going for you. But let's back up to this Richard speech, because he is really burning all of the bridges with all of the gasoline. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is taking the sum total of how awesome everything is now and mocking these big brains for resting on their laurels and doctorates and tenures. They're all just old and scared. They're all focused on what is now and what has been, instead of looking at tomorrow and what's out there. They need to be asking, where are we going for lunch, instead of, what the heck did I just eat? Uh, maybe think a bit bigger than that, but, you know, sure. The big statement is that he thinks that it is time for everyone to step aside and help support those who want to discover, instead of just waiting. Cool, cool, cool. So, he tosses one more metaphorical Molotov cocktail at the group as he resigns from this forum that he created and heads back home. A week later, he is welcoming Alex Power to the Baxter building. Alex has just been dropped off by Friday, who apparently has been picking up some side work as an Uber driver. Good for them. And as a side note, it was really good to see Friday again, even if it was only for three panels. Alex seems to be moving into the Baxter building, but he seems to have some questions for his new best friend, <laughs> aka new surrogate dad, Reed. He took a look at the roster of individuals that Reed wants him to work with, and... Alex noticed that he is the dumbest guy on the list. <laughs> Bonus points for Reed, though, for not saying, oh, I mean, yeah, but we thought you would be used to that, looking at your past teammates. Right? Reed assures him that he will do fine. Alex is smart enough, and he has more otherworld experience than many other people. Having a perfect SAT score like Alex does doesn't really matter. Unless, as Reed puts it, you're drinking a lot of beer and chasing women. Can we just point out that this read is a bit salty towards the intellectual elite? Meanwhile in Old Atlantis... Home of the Fighting Sea People! Sue Richards is having a chat with Uluhar, king of the Uhari. It seems that she has just convinced Old Fishface of something. Who the what of the where? Spoiler! It is to get his two children, Wu and Vil, signed up for this new thing Reed is pulling together. Wait... Meanwhile back at the Baxter building... Home of the Fighting Moloids! 
Okay, let's chat about these guys. The Moloids are subterranean dwellers, most often associated with the Mole Man. These four children were part of a group tied up in the shenanigans started by the High Evolutionary that caused them to become highly evolved. Looking at how they have trashed their bedroom, I'm assuming that it is more of an intelligence evolution than a civilization evolution thing. Yeah, correct. Tong mentions that they, and the smallest one, Kor, just taught themselves to read yesterday. Mick is writing out a complex equation on the window, and Turg is floating around admiring their space. Yeah, Turg. They're the floating head in an enclosed floating contraption, right? Because I have questions. Okay, they were hit by a truck while going to see Fantastic Four. Their head was ripped from their body, and Franklin and Vel knocked together some device to save Turk. Well, to save Turk's head. Huh. You know what? Comics are weird. True dat. Reed has asked them to join his little project, but they want to check in with The Ben to see if he approves, because they love The Ben. Speaking of weird and loving big rocks, we have a two-page interlude that shows the advancement of something called New World. It is a place built by Dr. Ted Castle in a time bubble as a potential backup planet for Earth. We see six quick snippets of random events that occur over a 300-year period of time. Jonathan Hickman just kind of throws a lot of spaghetti at the wall, doesn't he? Jonathan Hickman does not mess around with his pasta. Meanwhile, back at the Baxter building... Home of the Fighting Franklin! Franklin, not in his power pack uniform, but wearing a karate gi, is posing and reciting some lines about how he is going to punch them all in the face. But he forgot his line. The who in this equation seems to be Ben Grimm and his sister Val, both in gis. Dragon Man, who's not activated at the moment as his brain is being worked on by Val, and Johnny Storm, dressed in a yellow Bruce Lee onesie. Franklin is getting some loving advice on how to develop a catchphrase, while Val is trying to make Dragon Man smarter. Better. Dang it, Val. This is how we eventually create the Terminator. You know that! I always suspect Val's plans to end with, And this is how I take over the world. But for now, she's just complaining. While Franklin tries out the line, Time to die, buttheads! I mean, it fit on a t-shirt. Then the ninjas attack. Wait, what? Ninjas! In the sense that they are wearing black geese, but are the same size as Franklin. Huh. And you know what? They kind of seem familiar. Yeah, that would be because they are Artie and Leech. Franklin's best friends. Leech gets tossed across the room, but Artie unleashes a holographic image of an adult martial artist kicking Franklin. But if you think our blonde boy will fall for that, huh, you gotta think again. Crack! He uses the illusion to cover his own boot-to-the-face kick on Artie. Yeah, yeah. Boot-to-the-face. Yeah, yeah. The fight is over and the snacks belong to the victor who has stated that he will not be sharing. Whoosh! Okay, you know how Val was messing around with Dragon Man? Well, she just found out that when she under or over tightened a screw in his head, he starts spewing fire on everyone. Apparently, she missed something. But then, Artie, using his powers to give Val a detailed slice holographic image of Dragon Man's hardware, demonstrating a new facet of Artie's abilities, impresses Val. That really doesn't happen that much. Meanwhile, at a psychiatric facility... Home of the screaming bad guy. Bentley Whitman, a.k.a. the wizard, is foaming at the mouth, spouting off some jargon about cell divisions. This is apparently part of his deteriorating mental condition, discussing ways to build new humans. And yet, Reed is here to have a chat with this incarcerated villain. He even brought a party hat for him. 
The doctor's offered the gift to Bentley, and he calms down instantly. This gift is his old helmet, stripped of any and all gadgets, of course, by Reed. The two enemies have a nice little talk, prompted by Reed saying he needs to ask him something. The wizard mocks Reed. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? Am I right? Then he pontificates about how brilliant they both are. Reed lets him ramble for a while before he drops the proverbial hammer. One of the Bentley clones is living with them, and Reed is going to fix him, teach him, make him better than the wizard ever was. And he's going to do this by giving him something that the old man Bentley gave up on long ago. I mean, wouldn't it have been kinder just to give the dude a paper cut and pour lemon juice on it? This is Reed we're talking about, and after he wraps up that little meeting, he heads back to the Baxter building and holds the first class of his new project. He has gathered a group of smarty pants kids who will be his new class, teaching them how to survive at the edge of tomorrow. Welcome to the Future Foundation! Future Foundation. They don't have a theme song yet. I'm workshopping. All right, we have two covers here. Jeff, why don't you go ahead and explain the first one? It has Reed Richards holding who knows what in the palm of his hand. Maybe it's spiraling out galaxies. Maybe it's DNA. Maybe it's a large and small intestine coiled together upon each other. And it seems like he's standing at the precipice of a black hole. And then uh, surrounding him says the heroic age and some fantastic four stuff with dot characters that you might know that are on fire or made out of sticks and stones and <laughs> disdainful looks and bad parenting. <laughs> and that's drawn by Alan Davis and inked by Mark Farmer. The, Variant cover is drawn by Jeffrey Darrow, and it's a much simpler picture. It looks like the characters of Fantastic Four are on some kind of plinth or some kind of place that you put a statue, and Reed is behind them, and he's got his arms kind of in a circle, and Sue's kind of in the front. Johnny's coming down at an angle, and the thing's standing behind them, and they if you kind of look in a certain way, it kind of is the four symbol in there. I just yep. kind of realized that, that it's making the four symbol. Yep, it's the, the Fantastic Four symbol made out of the Fantastic Four, as one does. Especially when you're standing on a pedestal that says Fantastic Four. Yeah. Just really hammer it in there. Just put as many Fantastics and Fours on it as possible. It looks neat. It's cool. Which one do you like more? I think for what this issue is, I like the first one better. Yeah. It is pretty neat to see a team work so hard to make their own team symbol. Well, when one of your members can stretch his body, I, yeah. it's not really that hard, okay? Yeah. He could do it himself. Reed could totally do it himself and just keep on making it creepy and reedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would agree <laughs> with you. I like the main cover myself. I think that it does a good job of Reed looking out into the future, looking out for science and introducing this new team. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Reed's new vision. He blasts this conference of intelligent people saying, y'all kind of suck. Mm -hmm. Y'all are coming up and patting yourselves on the back and saying, gosh, we done science and we're proud of it. And you're critiquing what is done and what has been done now. And you're not thinking of new ideas. What do you what do you think about that? It's a little frustrating to me because what he is taking, he's the adventuring scientist. He's mm -hmm. the Alan Quartermain. He's, you know, he's 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 Indiana Jones, you know, so to speak. He's the person who is massively doing science, but also going on massively huge scientific-based adventures. I would think almost everybody that's at this conference, save for She-Hulk, who Jen Walters, alter ego, wrote a paper about synthetic life. Is there ownership there? Are they people? You know, he was like, oh, that's a great paper that you wrote. Everybody else at this thing seemed, it, they did, he didn't have any faces that you recognize. So it seems mm. to me that they're more 
They are intellectuals. They are yeah. ivory tower. They are people who, yes, they write papers. They, they think about things. And they go, you know what? From all the information I've been able to gather, the optimum sustainability for Earth is a billion people. And if we go past that, there's going to be the haves and the have-nots, and people are going to want and suffer. Because they're going off of what stats they have. Whereas Reed Richards comes in and is like, you guys are dumb. Don't you know you could just go to the future and travel through quantum space and then fold time and also go arm. I understand where he's upset because he's like, no, I want people to be looking towards the future, but this is not the organization to do it. You need your freaks and geeks. You need your costumed super scientists and things. Those would be the people that would be having these kind of discussions. The rest are going to be settling into their kind of routines of like, I'm a ecological environmental scientist. So yes, I'm going to focus on this kind of thing. And from what I can see this, they don't have the altering timelines technology that Reed has access to. But I would push back a little bit and say this too. I think that all of them started off this idea with let's come up with new and great ideas. Let's expand the horizon. And at the beginning, it probably was that. And of mm -hmm. course, as you get older, you do get a little more settled in your ways and you don't want to explore more. Yeah. But I think another way of looking at it is to push them to say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get some people and I'm going to teach them what I know and push them to come up with the next ideas. And maybe that's what you guys should do too. No. I think that might have been a better way of doing it because I think that's the point that you want to get to is let's move on to the next thing. Let's mm -hmm. explore the next thing. But don't just shut these people down. Take them with you and say, yeah. let's become the teachers for and, and to push people out to the next le levels. Reed had excessive amounts of arrogance and disdain throughout this. Yeah. Almost everything that he was saying was, was just arrogance and disdain. And it really was the aspect of, it was the exclusivity. It was the exclusioning. It was the disparagement of where it is the tide raises all ships. He was very much just like, no, you guys, I've changed your boats to the ocean's floor. And I'm going to rise the tide on my own. I'll be the only floating ship because you guys suck because I've just chained you and shackled you. He didn't bring anybody along to go play. No, no. I could see it as a very Reed thing to do. More of a Victor <laughs> Von Doom thing to do. But I could also see it in, in a Reedism. Before this started, and because <laughs> we are jumping through a lot of specific issues of this Fantastic Four run, we're not reading it all the way through. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a second here and I'm going to start reading... All of the Hickman run. We started pretty close to the beginning. So I just went back and I'm starting to catch up. It really is showing that Reed here is the Reed that's presented. He still is doing a lot of things prior to this issue and after this issue. It looks altruistic, but at the same time, he's still doing them very for selfish reasons. He's the smartest one in the room. Only he can solve these things. Mm -hmm. And even though Sue's there saying, let us be with you on this. Be part of the family. He still does things his way. And I think we're going to see it too. Even though he's got these brilliant kids around him, he wants the brilliant kids. He's still being very exclusionary. <laughs> yeah. He wants the brilliant kids and the brilliant family, but he doesn't want to be challenged in his assertions because he knows best. Uh -huh. He, I know I'm the smartest one and I know that I know best. And it's great that you're creating things that I could never think of or dream of and that you can create galaxies and stuff. But I, I, I still know best. Yeah. You don't yeah. You don't know. But you, I also get that because of elder generations looking at children because it's like, you don't have the experience. You don't know. You don't know where I've been. I've, I've gone through the stuff. I know this better than you. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Let's talk about the Future Foundation. And we're going to really get into a lot of these characters as we go on. But let's start talking about them a little bit now. How much these all of these kids are really involved in the Future Foundation, that's to really be talked about a little bit later on. But 
all of the kids are kind of there together. And they've each, and it'll be developed out here, they've each got their own number because you've got the Fantastic Four. And of course, you're going to start numbering the people afterwards. It used to be a joke that Franklin was four and a half. <laughs> yeah. And, but he's five. Nice five. Yeah, but he's five. Valeria, Val is six. Alex Power gets the awesome honor of being seven. Then we've got Leech, Artie, eight and nine. Then we have uh, three of the four Moloids, Mick, Kor, and Tong. Turg doesn't have a number because, well, Turg is just a floating head. But 10, 11, 12, that's what they're kind of known as. Bentley, uh, also known as 23, and he finally will get the name Bentley, but he will be 13. And then we have the two fish children, Wu and Vil, 14 and 15. Dragon Man doesn't have a number either. Hell of a roster. <laughs> what do you know about any of them that are not named Franklin, Alex, Leech, and Artie? And Dragon Man. Mm, I know that Bentley likes Val quite a little bit uh-huh. and like a, I have a crush on you way because you're intelligent and he's still seems even though he's the Reed's going to teach him and fix him and make him better. Yeah, he's still kind of a pocket dimension jerk. Uh, <laughs> I know that Dragon Man wears glasses now because apparently he always had astigmatism and he's now smart enough to explain to people that he needs glasses. The, the glasses means that he's smart. Oh, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, obviously. And then we've got some Moloids. There's the floating head, which is always a thing. And oh, yeah, there's fish people. I forgot about them. So not much, I think, is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to long the short of it, which is, I don't know, there's some folk future foundation. I think I heard of that. What? Franklin and Leech are they're on the shorter end of the stick. (laughs) They are there to show up and hang out. Valeria, at three years old, is sometimes smarter than Reed. So we got that going for us. And like Alex said, he may not be the smartest one here, actually. But he's got real-world experience. Yeah, that's what Reed was telling. Because, yeah, Alex was very much like, I'm the dumbest one on here. He was basically kind of like, am I the diversity hire? Yeah. Am I the pity project? And it's like, no, am you the totally diversity hi- Am I the diversity hire as the white male with blonde hair? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he's very much just like, was I, am I a pity project? Because we're, 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 you know, we're family friends and you know that I don't have anything going on now. So you're like, oh, you can come work at my shop kind of thing. I'm still interested, though, because they've never really shown Alex has that book smart. Yes, his father is very intelligent. Yes, he's been a power pack and he's led that team. But I would think that jumping around and being part of an adventure team might take you away from some of your studies. Yeah, <laughs> it might but make they, things like the sat harder. I don't know. Alex has been smart. They have defined him as technically savant. He's he is yeah. intelligent in things. At no point in his runs has he been a super scientist. He well, let's see. He created his little armpit wings so that way he sure. could glide better with his zero G. He also used up a bunch of aerosol cans and fire extinguishers to thrust himself along. So I mean, that's that. I mean, if that's not a high tech gadget, I don't know what is. I, I don't know. I just it, it's fine. I think it's okay. It's just it's one of the things I kind of question about what they're doing. I'm not going to complain too much because they've got him in here. Hickman brought him in. It's nice to see him as part of the team. It is it's really nice to see nice something to see play. And it gives an excuse to cover these books. So, hey. Yeah, that's 100% that. But also, I could see it as they're going, uh, well, he's getting older. What's the logical conclusion? We need we need smart kids in the Future Foundation. He's always smart. He was always defined as intelligent. Yeah. But not he's not super scientist smart, but he's scientist smart. His dad's scientist smart. 
quasi dabbling into the super scientist kind of realm of things. And Alex has kept up with Reed and his dad in talking about things. And has always been like, oh, yeah. Oh, let's look at the fantastic car because, oh, what about this part and this? Oh, that's cool. So he does have the background to grow on to become uh, Reed Jr. Okay. All right. Still, dumbest one on the list. <laughs> I'm liking this. I'm enjoying this a lot, especially since we just finished reading Hickman's run on X-Men. So I like what I'm seeing about this so far. I'm seeing a lot of things he's done in here, mm-hmm. which hinting at things that he could have done that he did in X-Men. Yes. Okay. I get it. Just just in one issue's worth of stuff, I'm all this seems kind of familiar in a proto version way of mm, okay, Jonathan, yeah. I love your work. I love what you've done, but I think I'm seeing a a little a little pastiche here in the yeah, Marvel universe yeah. in your storytelling. Well it, I think he has he has something about developing systems that are perfect systems and then really exploring exploring the flaws in those perfect systems. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, read his, if you haven't done this, I'd highly recommend them. East of West, really, really good kind of dealing with a little bit more on the religious side of a future kind of technology advancement and time displacement, stuff like that. And then really read the Manhattan project. Super good. That's take your classic Einstein, Feynman, you know, some of these people, scientists, and make them utter rat buggers, just terrible people that are doing things for science and really kind of taking over everything. And it's it's pretty spectacular. <laughs> well, let's talk more about spectacular because we have a new classroom, a nice big round classroom where the Future Foundation is going to do their really heavy thinking. But those mm-hmm. walls are bare, my friend. They we are. need to put some great, great artwork up on those walls. So Gallery of Greatness, what piece of art in this book needs to be pinned to those school walls? Jeff, you got a joke one there? My joke backup one is on page 15 of Marvel Unlimited, and I call it Get Your Screws Loose. And this is when Val is working on Dragon Man, and Dragon Man's head is wide open. His covering is gone, and his ports are exposed, and Val's just sitting on his shoulder, and Dragon Man's there kind of going, oh, oh, <laughs> Uncle Ben passes her a screwdriver, because Val's going to start tightening and untightening stuff at leisure and at random, and see what happens, because she's experimenting, because she's a super scientist. You know, I, I know that you just tend to let your daughter run amok a lot of times. I don't have a choice. She's very mean. Okay, <laughs> so you've got a intelligent synthesoid dragon that's hanging around your place, and your daughter yep. starts taking it apart. Are you going to use that magic two-letter word on her and say, no, 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 <laughs> uh, We're going to talk about this little thing later, but who's sitting there with her? What grown-up, smart guy adults are parenting right now? Well, I would put that on Ben's hand, actually. Uh-huh. I, I think Ben's the one who should be saying... You know, though, darling, I don't think you should be touching that. <laughs> you got Ben and you got Johnny, and Ben's all, yeah, you want a screwdriver? I got a screwdriver. Here you go. Uh, Phillips or Flathead? That eh, doesn't matter. They're all Flatheads. Have that. Ben and Johnny are just sitting there basically kind of going, I'm going to watch kids beat each other up and drink beer. <laughs> I want you to turn to page three. And we have this conference going on, and Reed is taking a moment to single out the She-Hulk, for a oh, wonderful, yeah. wonderful paper that she wrote. And there's a guy sitting next to She-Hulk who's got mm-hmm. a big old smile on his face, and he's looking up at her, and I call this picture, I'm going to take my shot. This guy thinks, <laughs> this guy thinks he might have a chance, just because he's sitting next to She-Hulk. He's like, 
you know what? She's probably on a good high from getting called out nicely by Reed. I think I'm going to ask her out for a drink. That would work. There you go. <laughs> that is a great poll. I, I looked at that one a bunch and I just saw that it was, he was very happy for his companion, his friend, his seatmate kind of person. He was like, oh, I'm so happy for you. Reed Richards. Could you imagine that? The Reed Richards called you out about what a good job you did. I bet he's going to say now, nice things to us, now, too. Now, my personal headcanon is he's drawing the scenario of a lovely evening that will never ever happen <laughs> i see it i'm not gonna say that i've had that same headcanon dream myself but there you go shoot your shot buddy shoot your shot <laughs> shoot your shot what's your top joke one sir uh on page 16 of marvel unlimited uh-huh okay is a little panel that i call this roughhousing seems a little rough and this is after ninjas are attacking Franklin. It's basically the entire page, but it's the top left panel specifically. And it is Artie and Leech in uh, ninja garb attacking Franklin and kicking the crud out of him. And Franklin, in return, is kind of kicking the crud out of his little buddies. It is rough, <laughs> rough housing. We will be coming back to this page. I assure you, my oh, friend. Oh, yeah, we will. Oh, yeah, we will. <laughs> I have on my top joke one a couple pages before that. And this is the beginning of the scene where they're all sitting in the room. And I just call this one, you know, just stop, Johnny. Because Johnny's sitting there in a yellow yeah. Bruce Lee onesie. Yep. And he's eating Chinese food with chopsticks. And I'm like, can you tone back the cultural appropriation there yeah. buddy just he, yeah he's in the game of death garb he's in the uh yeah the the yellow tra yellow and black striped track suit that he and the bride or you know kill bill yeah it's yeah yeah i was just like you know nah stop <laughs> yeah what do you have for your backup best one sir oh my backup best one is on page 17 notice i've gone 15 16 17 mm-hmm and I call it my burner account. Yeah, I called that one uh, Flame on Dragon Style, and I call that one my top best art one. It's it's really good. It is super, 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 super good. It you will you you will understand as I will explain in the future why it's not my top one. But yeah, I love it. It's Dragon Man breathing fire while a tiny Val is riding on his shoulder, and kind of an on flame arty is running away from the fire with maybe a little bit of fire burning off the top of his head. It's uh, yeah. who knows. Yeah. My backup one is mm -hmm. the page before it. And it is <laughs> the projection that Artie is doing. Yeah. And I call it boot to the head. Artie. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Summon a video game character, including the, the combo of directions where it's just like. Up, up, down, down, that? left, right, left, right. <laughs> BA select the, start kick. <laughs> this one, you would think so, but this is left, right, punch down. <laughs> yep. Boot to the head. C -c 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 what do you got for that top one there? My top one is on page seven, and I call it, It's Friday, I'm in love. <laughs> because Friday is here, and I love Friday, and so it has to be my top thing, because Friday, it's Friday! Friday's in here, I love Friday, look at Friday fly! Oh, Bye, Friday. gosh! Hi, Friday, <laughs> I love you, you're so beautiful, look at you, oh, you're a magnificent beast! Oh, bye! Bye! Bye-bye! Bye forever! Apparently, Friday got rebuilt after getting blown up by the new warriors. Yeah, again. Which time? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think she might have just, the Chimeleons just came in and said, no, we're, we're, we're done with this. You, you can't have these things. 
Last come come time. back and get rebuilt. Last, Last time. time. She will Uber you. She will not be Are you going to a team or team meeting? No. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. If you do this one more time, we are going to beat you up. We're going to squish you like little mushrooms. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. You know what? That's a good mm. rubber and glue. They didn't yeah. really say that here, but there are some people that did say some insults in this book. Let's talk yep. about those best or most childish insults. Jeff, you're a coward. <laughs> Reed said hey, it, not me, not me. Hey, hey, Rick, yeah. Rick, you fear tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah, it's on. That's, I think both of those are on uh, page five of yeah, Marvel I so. Unlimited. I think so, I think so. Yep. Yeah, and it's Reed. Reed. Yeah, Reed. Reed just kind mm-hmm. of uh, rips into a bunch of people, calls them cowards. Yeah, them, I know. think you're going to see a lot of Reed pop yeah. up on this because he is just insulting to, I don't know, pick a face, that face. <laughs> Insult that face. I didn't choose Reed for my top one. Mm. I chose Franklin because Franklin said, time to die, buttheads. And (laughs) you know what? That is a pretty good childish insult right there. Yeah, it ain't bad at all. My top one is from Reed when he's talking to Alex, who Alex is all, you know, it's on page eight, but Alex is like, yeah, well, basically here, you know, fine. Here, let me explain because Reed's all like, well, I wouldn't describe you as dumb. And he's all, fine. A guy sits down at a table with Einstein, Hawking, and Feynman and says, hey, I got a perfect score on my SAT. How'd you guys do? And your point is, I'm worried it won't matter. And he's telling him, he's like, hey, you have, you're smart. You're on the list because you have otherworldly experience, something that other people don't. You have a lot you bring to the table. You're invaluable and necessary. And so I'm, we're not doing charity work. And then he asks me, he goes, did you really get a perfect score on the SAT? And he, Alex says, yeah. And he goes, congratulations. When it's time to drink a lot of beer and chase women, that'll come in handy. You like them apples? You like them apples? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if Reed's being serious or not there, but I think he's being very insulting. And He's I being think, very insulting. Yeah, he's being very insur- insulting. And Alex is just like, I hope so, sir. Because uh, Alex, he doesn't know better. He's very earnest in the front. Speaking so. of which, speaking of which, Parent of the Year Award, our mm. new category, the Reed Richards <laughs> Award for Good Parenting. <laughs> Remember, Reed, so loose interpretation of good. Yeah, Reed is definitely holding on to the trophy this this week. If I, I'm, many, okay, you go for years I'm and I'm going to say one. Here's the reason why I'm thinking Reed gets it from me. He has just gathered more children into his home so uh, he can do a more effective job of ignoring his own. Yep. <laughs> you know, I've really, I've, I've gone beyond neglecting two children. I needed to be able to neglect 14. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got it in me. I think I can be a bad parent to a good parcel of children. It's <laughs> time to expand. Let's get really, more kids into this picture. <laughs> I mean, there's a finite amount of endangerment I can do with two children and ignore. What can I do with 12? <laughs> yeah, I, I Reed was my instinctive go-to guy. Uh, trust me, it's hard for me to not pick Reed for yep. uh, everything and anything always. I picked Johnny and Ben this time. Child endangerment. Child endangerment. <laughs> just because they were actively or, there observing kids beating. It was a child fight club. Yeah, that's what it was. It's the child fight club. It's it, mm-hmm. They are making their own entertainment. And I kind of, bravo, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about most popular and the most shunned. Identify mm-hmm. the character who was the best and the worst in this issue. Jeff. Who is your worst? I'm going to leave this on Reed. You're giving it to Reed. Mm-hmm. I am going to go ahead 
and go with Johnny. <laughs> mm. I can totally appreciate oh, your read. Oh, because the – yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I can totally appreciate your read because I, that was kind of my back one there too. He does come off like the arrogant jerk talking with Alex, the wizard, the conference, everything. Literally um, everybody he engaged yeah, everybody. with. Yeah. But uh, no, Johnny just wearing that suit and mm-hmm. he just he just sat there. He mm-hmm. just sat there and just was swarmy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, he yeah. was he was terrible. John, everybody was everybody. It was who they were. You had Sue. She was down in the aquatic kingdom and getting getting some more children for Reed to ignore. Yeah, that's yeah, terrible. But, but, I but mean, she I, was doing a very very good. But she was doing a good job at it though. Yeah. yeah. John, Johnny and Ben just child fight club. Hey, I want to see some kids punch each other. Hey, don't roughhouse too hard. Punch him in the nose. Who's your best? It's Friday. I'm in love. <laughs> Friday! Friday was here. I love Friday. I don't know when I'll ever be able to give it to her again, so I'm giving it to Friday. Oh, I love Friday so much. She was awesome, and she dropped off uh, Alex at the Baxter building, and she held him with his bags, and she was Friday, and then she flew back off into space to say it. And she even left by saying, hey, if you ever need me, give me a call. And Alex was like, don't know who you are anymore ever again. So... <laughs> Friday! I have to give it to Friday because I love Friday so very much. And when do we okay. see Friday? Okay. All right. I'm just going to stop you because right now you're you're on repeat mode. And, and so Friday. you're just repeating it back over again. So Friday. I'm going to go ahead and say it was Artie for myself. He was playing along. He was being a friend. He was helping out. And he did a boot to the face to somebody. I mean, I can't ask for anything more from <laughs> our little mute little friend. <laughs> I love me my Artie. <laughs> Artie's a good choice. But he's not Friday! (sighs) Let's move on. Let's move on. We need to rank this story. And Jeff, do me a favor. Tell me how we rank these issues. We got a big list, right? So how we do this is that we take every issue of the alternative runs of Power Pack where one, two, or three, or some of the members have popped in, even if it's just for a cameo or something, and we rank them against each other for their stories. It's going to be a lot of hopping here and hopping there. It's going to be some runaways, some loners, a little bit of Uncanny X-Men, some new warriors, some War of Kings Darkhawk. It's just going to be all over the place, and it's going to start including a lot of Fantastic Four, I think, from here on out. So... That's how we're doing this. And in this case, we had Friday and Alex in here. So we get to put this into our alternatives list because we had a member or two of Power Pack. Oh, and Franklin, there's three. Ba-ba-boom. And Dragon Man, baby, he was in a Fantastic Four. No, he, well, yes, but also he was in a Power Pack. A couple of them. I just kind of throwing you under the bus like that and seeing how you do. Uh, you don't do that well with it. But you know what? That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> you'll, you'll get there. You'll get there. You'll get there. I'm going to give you're, you more chances to do that. You're a mean man. A mean, I really mean am. Man. I'm trying my best to be like Reed. Oh, you're doing a great job then. I'm inspiring by mocking. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, uh, where on this list do we think that this goes? We had one other Fantastic Four, and that was Days of Future Mm -hmm. Franklin. That's on spot number eight, and that was that big birthday party. Yes, it was. That was was a fine issue. It was fine. But here we've got the coming together of the people, which we've seen this before. I mean, we've done this a little bit in Runaways, too. I feel like this had more meat on the bones. It, this one even referenced back to that one because the message that Future Franklin gave young Val was the four kingdoms will blah, 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 doom. And the equation that one of the Moloids was working on was like, huh, I've just been doing some stuff. And I see that there's like a, a sine wave pattern that would go from the high evolutionary kingdom to Atlantis over to the moon. And that goes at a frequency of a place called the negative zone. Hmm. What do you think about this? It's just coincidence. No, no, no. 
it's it's not a coincidence it's convergence so it's it's taking a thing from a couple issues ago and building to keeping a thumbtack into the future it's building to the future it had the alternative kind of like in the future in a null zone of, of stop time there's the new world and blah, blah blah so it's building more story for that which will probably be included as well the birthday one was a little more fun but i think this had more meat on the bones so I kind of want to place it higher then. Let's put it up. And that puts us into some of the runaway stuff that we did before. So we could probably break up some of that runaway. You know what? I think this is a good spot for it. Spot number four and five. We've got loners number two. That's where Johnny has her solo issue. I like yep. that one a lot. Yep. And then we have the one below that. Or that's where Julie is the actress, where she has the entire thing with the uh, being an actress on the set. I think we're in the right area there. I think probably either between these two or the last issue of Runaways, which is number six. That is seeming good. Julie was fairly frustrating in that until she kind of realized that she didn't want to be Hollywood Julie and she was going to like expose herself for who she more or less truly was but i still i think this is better than that but yeah the reflex actions with johnny was was really good so let's make this the new number five yeah sounds good sounds good all right and now that we've done that we have come to our final thoughts on beer our power pack pick so again we had phase one from side brewing from Legrand, oregon and it is an ipa an India Pale Ale for those in the know or not in the know. What do we think about it, Rick? I'm still liking this. This is not bad. It doesn't have that bitter metallic hops taste. It still is nice and light to drink. This would have been good on a nice warm day. It's not that real heavy feeling. It's very light and enjoyable. I'm enjoying this. I think that this is a good 3.5 for me. I fully agree. It has maintained a consistency throughout. There's a lot of beverages where, oh, I first have it and it really smells like this and tastes like this and it's great. And as time goes on, as it warms up or your taste buds get more numb to it, it kind of, it changes out or gets flat. This has maintained a constant. It is pleasant. It is a very easy drink. Not the one that I would go to first instinctively. Totally would drink it again. It's, it's really good. 3.5 as well. So same feels. Okay, okay, okay. And now that we've talked about our 3.5 beer, let's talk about our 5 out of 5 kids perspective. And that's where Rick talks to his daughter, Carrie, about the issue that we just covered. So, Rick and Carrie, please take it away. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning, Dave. All right. We are going to talk about Fantastic Four issue 579. Are you ready for this? Sure. Why not? Uh, yeah. So this starts off with Reed Richards talking to a whole bunch of scientists and stuff, and he insults them, doesn't he? Yeah, I was about to say, he's kind of, like, rude <laughs> to them. <laughs> Do you understand kind of what he's talking about, though? No. Okay, what he's saying is these are a bunch of really bright people, but they've stopped thinking about what they could do. They're just commenting on things they've already done. And he's trying to get them to look forward to come up with new ideas. And he says that they're not doing that. Okay. Like right here, it says that he says that they we're growing old, which is just so funny. Yeah, he's growing old. They are not young and they are set in their ways. That's what happens to us old people. Okay. That's why we need young people like you to go out and actually create new things in the world. Okay. So that's why he starts getting all these kids together, because he wants to have a big class, right? Yeah. And these are all smart kids, right? Yeah. Smart kids. Raising the new generation. Right. Do you know at least one of these kids, right? Alex? Mm-hmm. And how does Alex arrive at the Baxter building? Who brings him to the Baxter building? Oh, Friday! Friday! That's right! Friday is back for 
a scene or two, right? Yeah, Friday's there for two scenes. How <laughs> At least we get to see her. We don't get to see her in any other comics, really. What does Alex think about his role here? He says that he's not the smartest guy on the list, and he doesn't feel like he deserves to be in this spot here or something. Right. That's kind of mean, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Reed tells him that, yes, he is smart enough, and also he's got experience, which a lot of the other ones don't, right? Yeah. We know Alex. We kind of know Franklin, and you just met Valeria, right? Yeah. Do you have any questions about some of the other kids that are here? There's that dragon guy. Uh, I... Oh, that's right. You know you know Dragon Man, right? Yeah. I kind of remember him. Wasn't he yeah. the one that like Katie and Julie hid? They found and they hid him and they kind of adopted them, called him Baby, right? Yeah. Yep, that's Dragon Man. And in this issue, it looks like Valeria is working on his brain, his intelligence, right? Yeah. Is that even like right to do because... Basically, you're fixing someone. That's a good way of looking at it. I mean, Dragon Man is a sentient robot. She's just trying to improve him to be a little bit better. Everybody needs a hobby. Yeah, I guess so. It's just, it feels, <laughs> it just doesn't feel right for a bit, like, fixing someone. You can't really fix people. I think that they have a hard time telling Valeria no. She is also, like, four, so... Yeah. And she might be one of the smartest people there, right? Yeah, which is not normal with a four-year-old. Do you have any questions on anybody else that's there? Am I supposed to know this? If so, I probably forgot. Why does the guy have a floating head? Well, that's a very good question. See, uh, we haven't covered that issue. That happened in an issue between where the uh, birthday party was with Franklin and this one. The Moloids are usually a, a very simple race, but they were being experimented on by this one character named the High Evolutionary. And four of the children escaped to go get help. And when they got to New York, one of them got hit by a car. And his head was surviving. So Franklin and Valeria built this little flying saucer thing for that head to survive in. That's nice of them. <laughs> but also, that's kind of a dark story, so... Um. Yeah, kind of a dark story. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a really dark story. But they are all quite happy and like living at the Baxter building, and they're very smart. They're very, very smart, right? Yeah. And these kids get to work on cool new ideas. Yeah. What do you think the first thing they're going to work on is? I shouldn't say what they're going to work on. No, it did not. It didn't say at all. I know, but I read the other book. <laughs> ah, that's right. You did read the other book. All right. Well, we'll stop now so that we can go ahead and talk about that next book, okay? Yeah, okay. All right. Thank you very much, Carrie. I love you. Love you, too. Oh, Carrie, I think you would be wonderful in the Future Foundation. You could uh, draw them cats, which I bet they'd all like. Shout out time. We like to recognize those listeners that take the time to write in and leave us a review. This is for episode 115, where we were talking War of Kings, Darkhawk number two. Woohoo! Chad Michael Simon. Charles Gears. Clinton Robinson and his podcast, Fan Film Fridays and Coffee with Comics. Colin Stapleton and his podcast, The Worst Comic Podcast Ever. Isaac Ike. Jeremy Daw, who says, I love the uncharted territory that is the adolescent adjacent hero stories Jeff and Rick are finding. Always a fun listen. Thank you very much. Thank you so very much. We always appreciate that, Jeremy. Matthew Birdsey. Sailor Bear Zodar. Tim Price, the Podcrasher, and his podcast, The Outcasters. And he says, this issue has issues, but you can still have fun listening to this podcast about it. Also, thank you, Tim. That's really nice. Have Here, here, uh, as, as, a, as a kindness that you gave us, I shall return a kindness to you from Darkhawk. Explosion!
And while we're cleaning up the mess, I would like to thank those lovely Patreon listeners that throw us a buck to do what we do. And you can join them and be so awesome as to have your name read out on our show. Adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging cheesy and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Exciting, energetic, and entertaining Edward Verrocci. Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Pollier. Just Jealous and Jeweled, Jeremy Daw. Muscly, Mighty, and Meticulous, Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and Magnificent Monologuing, Matthew Laserwitz. Rudely Rhyming and Running, Rustin Fritcher. Steely, Salty, and Steamy, Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and Sickeningly Silly, Shag Matthews. Strange and Stirringly Steady, Stephen Gray. Tyrannically Terrifying and Tame, Tim Price. Technically terrific and triumphant, Toddy Knock. Way, way wordy and wobbly waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky, Wind. Next issue, we are going to be covering Fantastic Four number 580, the Franktastic Four. Be sure to check out my other show, Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout, on the Longbox Crusade Network. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff Merck Present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience of my sore jaw and throat. I don't know why in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Present, our email address, Jeff and Present, all one word at gmail.com or at our website jeffandrickpresent.wordpress.com Also, our YouTube channel is at Jeff and Rick Present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com jeffandrickpresent, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to HeroInitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We We love love you. Until next time. Costumes Costumes off. Our theme music is 80s action by Kevin MacLeod. Also featured in this episode is The Zone by Sasha Ende. All music is found in Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution for Pointer License. It is a place built by Dr. Ted Castle in a time bugle. Bugle? Crack! But wearing a karate G is posing gee. and recite. It's a gee. But wearing a color. But wearing a Crack! Do not have time to drink beer. Crack! Bradley Whitman, aka the Wizard, is foaming at the mouth and spouting off Try some again. jargon. Bentley, Bentley Whitman. Bentley? What do they call him? Bartley? Bradley. Cooper? Whitford? Whitford. I like Bradley Whitford. Let's talk about him for a while. He's great.